Welcome to the spotlight, the spotlight. No, no, no commercials in the spotlight, the spotlight. We get personal in the spotlight, the spotlight. Hey, welcome to the spotlight series. My name Nutty, yeah, he take it serious. We wanna know about your life and where you came from. What's your story? Tell us where you got your name from. Where you started, when you gon' finish, when the game done. A lot of characters in this movie, you the main one. Hey, welcome to the spotlight, the spotlight. Hey, welcome to the spotlight, the spotlight. This the spotlight series. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the spotlight, the spotlight. No commercials in the spotlight, the spotlight. We get personal in the spotlight, the spotlight. This the spotlight series. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the South Harmon Spotlight. It's going to be episode 11. And if you listened last week when I was talking with Fizzle, I told you episode 11 would be very special. One of my idols in the fantasy space agreed to come on. It is Mr. Bob Harris himself, the football diehard. <laughs> the legend bob harris and uh yet uh i've still been too chicken shit to go say hi at the fantasy <laughs> football expo but you know we'll just break the ice right here on the south arm of spotlight so bob thank you so much for hopping on michael nice to meet you i wish you had uh hit me up at the at the expo both times i love chatting with everyone and uh meeting new people and having a great time there <clears throat> i don't remember anyone that i meet there because i meet too many people there but you know give me a couple times usually by the second time third time i would have recognized you totally I think the beard will always help. The beard yes, always helps. The beard help. is like any <laughs> distinguishing out. figure like that is it makes it a little easier. I like my chances next time then. So Right, right, right. Expo like, twenty twenty four. Like I the, like my like chances the, of standing out. Like the Matt Donnelly mustache. I mean uh, yes, sir. same thing. Yes, sir. So Bob, first off, first question, I ask everybody this. How did you even get into fantasy? Whether it was fantasy baseball, fantasy football, like when did it first start for you and how did you get into it? Did somebody bring you in or did you just take the initiative and go, man, you know what? This fantasy football thing sounds fun. I want to jump right in. It was the year of our Lord, 1986. <laughs> we were taking the covered wagons out. No, uh, a friend of mine went to, uh, I lived in Tucson, Arizona at the time. I had a group of friends like we all do, right? And we all hung out. And one of our buddies went to San Diego to work for like a year. He came back, you know, in 86 and said, you guys, I found this thing. You're going to love it. And it was fantasy football, and he was correct. We loved it. And we started playing, and it took me about, oh, I'd say a week to to realize we don't have enough information to play this really well, right? <laughs> and so that little seed was in the back of my mind, uh, you know, for some period of time after that. But that's basically how it started, just playing with a group of friends and, and uh, you know, sitting around, having our little annual draft and having a good time with it. Had a, one of my buddies... Uh, uh, who, you know, kind of loved doing statistics and stuff. And he would, he, he, he had the, he had the whole league down in a, in a folder. This was kind of pre-computer era. And uh, of course, many of us started then and, and he was in charge of the scoring every week and uh, grabbed the USA Today on Monday as we did back in the day. And, and so, uh, so yeah, that's how it started. And it went from there. A lot of people don't remember those early days, and right. unfortunately for me, I'm also old enough to remember. I got enough gray in my beard to uh, to remember helping <laughs> my stepdad. You know, you know the the Tuesday right. paper. So we had the Monday night game back in the mid '90s. That's where we pull all our stats from for the entire week, and then you got to calculate them by hand and figure out who won and who lost. Now it's so simple; they tell you in real time right, <laughs> whether you're right. winning it's, or losing, and they well, give you projections I, and everything. 
Like, I think that, you know, like a, one of the big turning points and, you know, as you go through the history of the fantasy football, one of the big turning points was the, you know, the rise of the commissioner software, you know, 96, I think the CBS commissioner came around and, and kind of grew from there, you know, it was not like fully functional at first, but, you know, as that started to, you know, those kind of products became more available. That was like, that was like the, the floodgates opened. You know, there were a couple of things that kind of happened to, at the same time that really, you know, generated a huge rise in popularity. But that's definitely one of them because that was the thing, you know, it was like a fair amount of work to have to sit around and, and, uh, and do this. And like, like I said, I mentioned my, my friend, the late Brian Francisco, uh, who, who, you know, started in this business. So when I started this business, he was my sidekick, but I mean, you know, every league had to have that guy who sat there and was like the archivist or the scorekeeper, you know, and managed all the things, you know, every, you know, everyone would sit down and do their own scores. We had to have the official guy who kept everything in one spot and was the final arbiter of all things. And so everyone has to have that final arbiter, the the person who is the gatekeeper and, and you know, has all the records. And, and by the way, you know, I mentioned that he had passed away. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, at his funeral, he had all that paperwork from all our original leagues. It was, we had it spread out on a table, you know, with his photo and everything. So really, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you have great memories of, of Brian, but, but yeah, so he, he was like the person that did all that and, uh, and having one of those is great, but also, uh, you know, going forward, as we all know now, the, the ideal method is to do it all online, except when your electricity goes up or your Wi-Fi. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, and back in those days too, just I remember all those drafts. I mean, we we still have a few, um, especially from my home league, that are live in person drafts yep. every single year. No matter what the technology is, I mean, it's nice you can draft from anywhere at any time, but something about in person just just feels different, don't it? <laughs> yeah, I do very few in-person drafts anymore, right? It's like, you know, the, everything is, I do the King's Classic there at the Expo, and that's pretty much the only one for me. I mean, I could get, I suppose I could do the flex drafts that Jake Seeley puts on, and I'm in them, but I'm in the online version. So most of my drafting is done online, and like, I'm fine with that, but but it is nice to, you know, sit around and, and glare angrily at your uh, competitors as they take your players uh, in person. So... Back in those those early days when you were playing, were, were there some favorite players that you had or any like memories that you have of <clears throat> players that really stood out to you that were like your guys back then? Well, I, Dan Marino was a huge guy back then in the both the, the his receivers, the the Marks brothers, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton were fantastic plays. Jerry Rice, obviously. I mean, Randy Moss came along. There were tons of great plays. Uh, tons of running backs, you know, and back in the day, Eric Dickerson, you know, Marshall Falk, all the, you know, so many great running backs. It was a different era of running backs. Everyone, every team had a true feature back. There wasn't a, you know, a yeah, split backfield, yeah. right? And so you had one guy and you were set for the season, right? So, um, so yeah, I loved, liked all those guys. There was, I mean, you know, many, many in those eras of the late 80s, early 90s. Joe Montana, you know, was a great player. Steve Young came along. And, I mean, there was, there was you know, over the course of time, there was too many to name. I mean, some of the greats I've been really fortunate over the course of my time doing the magazines every year. Uh, there was a period of time where we would do uh, interviews with, you know, the the top players, you know, and I got the chance to talk to some of the guys who were some of the great fantasy producers over the course of, you know, my time playing, you know, starting back in the day, the Ladanian Tomlinson, super gracious, you know, and Priest Holmes also really nice. Sean Alexander, I mean, so many guys, I can't even name them all. And it, it was just like it was a blast connecting with them, you know, talking fantasy football with them. And, and a lot of them didn't really know what the hell it was. 
I know uh, did an interview with Jake Plummer and, you know, just his initial stance was the fact that it was fantasy football. He goes, I got five minutes. I'm driving up to my chiropractor. Uh, I, I, once I get there, I'm getting out and getting done. And so, you know, I realized it was like a tenuous thing. You always try to connect with people. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. He played at Arizona State. So there's Arizona, Arizona State rivalry. So I kind of threw that, you know, out, you know, got him talking about that. And he yeah. ended up talking to me for an hour, sitting in the parking lot of his, uh, of his chiropractor talking to me for an hour. So, but not a fan of fantasy, you know, not all of them were. Some were like Larry Johnson, the running back, you know, was like one of the early guys who really got it. He just said, man, we're, we're in a sport where, I'm covered up. Nobody sees me. No one knows what my face is. I want, you know, I want something that makes, you know, sh different teams, fans, fans of me. And he, he got that fantasy football was the, was the route to that. So, so it was always uh, super interesting to hear players takes and, and get a chance to talk to some of those guys over the course of time and all the like really great producers. So, you know, every year made it a point to get the top players uh, interviewed and it was, uh, it was a total blast. Uh, some of those players too. I got to. Uh, you mentioned Mark Duper, which is a an old throwback right there. I got to meet uh, meet Super Duper this year yeah. back in March with my old man, a big Dolphins fan. We went on a uh, a Dolphins fan cruise, so they had a bunch of former Dolphins players on there. Mark Duper, really cool guy, and yep, sitting around listening to him tell stories like training camp stories about him and the other receivers and Dan right. Marino. It's probably the one of the highlights of my life because you're like, man, this is so amazing getting to meet these guys, but they're, they're completely normal. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're funny. You know, they're, yeah. they're normal people. So really, really fun to, uh, to meet them. And just you hearing, hearing you say the name Mark Duper, I was like, ah, oh, there we go. Right. <laughs> right. We get a chance, you know, especially like, uh, at serious doing the serious show back when we used to travel and do things, uh, we would do uh super bowl. We'll have the, you know, shows on uh, radio row every year. And there's every, every player ex player in the world is walking around there doing interviews and really got a chance to talk to, to a really wide range of players and some of the guys from way back in the day and just some great people. And, you know, uh, and they're always kind of fascinated by the whole fantasy angle of things. You know, a lot of them don't really get it and they want to hear more about it. And the ones who get it are totally into it. So it's fun. So how did you uh, first get into doing content for fantasy football? You know, written articles, uh, where did that start? Was it written when you first started doing it? And how did that even come about? Like, what what was the uh, the discussions like where you go, you know, I'm going to write about fantasy football or I'm going to discuss fantasy football? So I mentioned, you know, prior that, like, as soon as I started playing, I said, we don't know enough to do this right. And so I started, yeah. you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking we need to figure out ways to get better information. How do we do that? Well, I was, I happened to be, you know, a graphic designer at the time, back in the early days of graphic design. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so, you know, I started writing a newsletter for that league and, you know, called it the TFL Report the Tucson, uh, the, you know, fantasy league, our, our league. And so I, it was about eight pages and I, you know, started out writing like, you know, just covering each game and writing up what happened in the games. And then, you know, doing like little columns of, you know, notes and information and stuff. And, and over the course of time, it kind of grew and a little bit. And then I started having access to a little more information. The thing called CompuServe came around uh, where I could get some more information that generally wasn't like available to us. And, and so I started, you know, saying, wow, I wonder if I could like leverage this into something that was maybe even a, a business. I mean, I, like, so here's the thing, right? Like it's fantasy football. It's like the early nineties. Right. I know what the one thing I'm not a very smart person, but I am smart enough to realize that everyone who plays this game is going to love it. And everyone who loves it is going to want to be better at it. It's just like this seemed like a simple thing. 
Right. So I said, this is going to make me a cabillionaire. Well, it has not done that, but <laughs> I have been like semi gainfully employed for the last 30 years, making my soul living doing this. So, you know, and, and, and for the record in another 10 years, I might break even. It was, uh, it was, it was an expensive proposition early on because, you know, I did, a, I did it totally. I printed it. And I mean, I like, so I'm a graphic designer and I would, you know, do this thing up and it had really nice imagery and all kinds of things. And it, it went up to about 10 pages. And uh, I would print it out to negative and take it to a print shop and get it printed and have to mail it out. So, so I put an ad basically to get started in USA Today. Uh, they had like uh, some classified ads in their sports section. And it just was, I got overwhelmed uh, the first year with information, but I did something that was a little different. I had a kid that, uh, that I met in, in Tucson who went to the University of Arizona and he was a media major and you know just kind of hung out with him a little bit and he ended up going back to his home in new york where he worked for a station wfan he was a radio producer there his name's steve cohen he is now the head honcho of serious nfl well serious sports he's vice president he's just moving on now but but he was a producer there for uh wfan and and he would call me uh, every day every thursday friday and saturday and tell me who practiced and who didn't and i would make a fact so oh, wow Part of what I did was I would send, you know, the newsletter out and try to mail that out on Tuesday so people would have it by the end of the week, variously successful with that. But the fax was the big part. And so I had three different days you could get a fax. You could choose to have a fax. And, and he would call me up, Harris, here's who practiced. And I would type <laughs> up one line for team so we could get it on one page. And the first year was a real battle because I had a single phone line. And so all the faxes had to go out on that phone line oh, through my yeah. computer. And if the faxes were a little bit late, people would try to call and ask where my fax is. And if one of them got in between the faxes, it blew up the whole software. And I would sit there and, and sob and cry. Oh, no. And so in my puddle of sweat and tears going, oh, man. Uh, and so that was kind of the the beginning of it was, you know, putting that out. And, and, and that's how we did it for the, that was 1993 was the first year I did that. And so uh, that was kind of the, you know, kind of the start of it and, you know, had a handful of subscribers enough to keep it going and tried to build more. And there were, you know, a couple years into it, I think in 94, one of my subscribers called me, his name's Ruben Bybee. And he called me and says, Hey man, ever hear of the World Wide web? I said, no, tell me more. He said, yeah, let me tell you, I have this thing. And, and I said, well, well, wow, this is also great. So you're <laughs> telling me I can make a million of something for the same amount of money. I can make one of something and distribute it. And yes, that's true. I mean, and obviously not everyone was on the internet, but it was a starting point. And I started building from there and I was uh, pretty much, you know, dove right into the internet aspect of it. It's where the information could be found. And, and it's funny how this whole, you know, world has morphed, you know, so much from the early days when, you know, the, the challenge was finding information to now where the, the challenge is filtering the information to, you know, to just what people need, as opposed to, you know, finding the little kernels and nuggets. Now I'm still doing the same thing. It's just, I'm sorting differently. Instead of panning for gold, I'm like sitting here, you know, like putting the hose down my mouth, turning it on and trying to sort through the, the, the tons of information that's available to what's pertinent. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how it began. And there were some things I did along the way. I got myself a, a 900 number. Uh, some of you who are uh, older people realize that these are phone call phone numbers where you call and you pay 
and mostly Ew. they're associated with uh, with uh, pornography and things, but there were others. And mine was this. Mine was I uh, I would get the box scores on CompuServe on Sunday evening, and I would read them into a recording. And people who didn't want to wait for their USA Today the next day could call that recording and listen to me read every box score and every stat and do their scoring before. And uh, that was wildly popular. And that, ba that, that basically carried me through. That was what made the most money for me early on. And, you know, you didn't get paid right away. So the money would come in the middle of, you know, the off right. season. So it was like kind of the thing that kept me going for the first, you know, probably from 94, 95, 96. And, and then the internet, you know, as more people got on the internet, and I mean, it was like, that whole thing was like an interesting period because I mean, a lot of it was like, I have to teach my customers how to use the product or how to access the product or to bring them along and teach them how to use the internet to some degree. And I mean, it was a, it was a, you know, and a lot of those people, by the way, are still with me who are the original subscribers, I will still hear from them. Some of them, you know, obviously still subscribers, but, you know, that I kept in touch with and I talked to, uh, you know, have talked to all along. And and that's, uh, you know, that was part of the challenge was, you know, getting people to understand, hey, this is where you need to be to get things. So get on board. And, you know, it was it was an interesting time. It was it was a, I had a, it was a lot of fun and very interesting. And and challenging and at times super frustrating. I mean, the facts thing the first year was like the biggest challenge of, of my life. And like by the second year, I realized there were services that broadcast facts. And again, I could send one fax and it would go out to a hundred people. And that was like, you know, that fixed a lot of problems, but, but the internet truly fixed all those problems. And uh, you know, the large amounts of money I was spending to print and create turned into just a situation where I could, my own ability, and ingenuity uh, allowed me to do whatever the hell I wanted. And and I got pretty good at the internet portion, the web portion, again, a little bit of a graphic designer. So um, early on, I realized like, hey, like I can, I can look as good as anybody. Nobody can tell me apart from Microsoft if I sit here and make the right storefront to make things look this right way. And, and so that's, I put a lot of energy into that. I ended up designing a lot of websites for people also in the business. So, I mean, I don't, I think the football guy site is fully changed, but I mean, their first big website, I did that. I've done John Hansen's websites. I did the fantasy insights website. I did so many, I designed a lot of logos and did things like that. But, you know, back then my idea was, Hey, let's turn this into an industry where everyone looks like we're doing something. We're not just a bunch of guys sitting in a puddle of sweat in our underpants, you know, in a, somebody's basement doing this. And, and that's, you know, that's pretty much been, by the way, the secret to my success, if there's a secret, um, has been, you know, I'm just a guy who decided to do this. So goal number one is to try not to look like a guy who just decided to do this. Right. <laughs> right. And and so that's, you know, that's been a big part, you know, and, and I mean, you know, over the course of time, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's become what I am, you know, uh, but but that's part of the reason is like, I just always wanted to look like that. And you go through, you know, being a kid, like I'm, I'm fairly sharp. Right. So I could like, you know, I pick up things and I, you know, one of the things I picked up was you, you, you know, the sports illustrator would come to my dad's mailbox every Friday and I would run out and get that from the time I'm a little kid growing up. And so you read sports reporting over and over and over, like, and, and you understand how stories are told and like reading the, 
you know, when I was a kid, I read, I loved a book called uh, by Xander Hollander, Strange But True Football Stories. There was a kind of a series of them, these great stories and the way he told them and, you know, reading some of the great reporters like early, you know, even like going back, like, you know, Paul, Paul Zimmerman, Peter King, you know, back in Sports Illustrated, you know, <clears throat> the way they presented information. I just, I love the way they could tell stories and inform me at the same time. And that's kind of how you know, I wanted to, I wanted to pattern what I was doing after that. Like I wanted to be entertaining. Uh, I wanted to be informative. And those guys kind of set like a huge bar for that. And I don't know that I've ever come close to anything that any of those people done, but that's kind of how, you know, I looked at it. I want to, I want, you know, it's not enough just to, you know, put a bunch of information down. I want people to like, enjoy the information. I want to tell, tell stories. And I think we, in fantasy, Michael, I think we all do that. I talk about it a lot on the radio, you know, when we're sitting there and we're going to draft somebody, we tell ourselves a happy story about that player, right? We build a narrative. Yep. yep. And 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 that's you know how we decide who who we value and who who's going to come out of nowhere and have great years and things like that. And so that's kind of the approach I've always taken with you know putting together the information and how I present it. And uh, and so far so good. Have you ever taken a moment to and just uh, you know let it all sink in that? on your back and your sweat and your hard work and your desire, like you have built a, a fantasy industry to, to where it is. <laughs> well, well, if it's not a... for, if it's not for you and people like you, Bob, like we're, well, we're not sitting here having this conversation, right? There, well, there's there are... no such thing as South Harmon fantasy football. It doesn't exist. Well, it's there were a lot thing. of us there. And there were a lot of people who came along who have come along since who have advanced the ball. And I would say like, you know, I look at the, the fantasy landscape right now of analysts and, and I'm like fully aware that I would not be, I'm not those, I mean, I'm not that smart. There is a legion of smart people. And over the course of time, you've seen, you know, data scientists, engineers, lawyers, all these people that have come in and, you know, do a lot of things well and, and are really good at this and thinking in ways that I've never thought before. And I, look, I'll catch up, I'll read all their stuff and I'll figure it out. But, but I don't know that if I had come into this business in 2012 or 2015 or more recently, if I would ever have that success. Right. I mean, I've kind of, you know, grandfathered myself in. I'm no pun intended. Um, <laughs> don't sell, you know, don't sell yourself short, Bob. You, well, no, you'd but, still but, kill it today. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's part of it. You know, that's part of it is, you know, timing is everything. And, and so coming in and there were a lot of people back then who were doing things and, and we all, you know, got together and talked. I spent five, told you how much time I spent on, you know, phones with like guys like Greg Kellogg or David Dodds and I, uh, who was one of the original, one, one of the first guys in football and Joe Bryant as well. I mean, we all, we were all, but, but me and David Dodds were like more kind of techie and we were trying to figure out how the, you know, how to break into things and make them work and how we could, you know, access technologies and started using, you know, scripts. And back in the days it was JavaScript was the programming language of the, of the internet and how we could use that to, create things. And David Dodds is really good at that. I mean, I'm you know, making calculators and trade calculators and things over time. But but there were other people who came along. We mentioned the the commissioner software, Kevin Austin, the late Kevin Austin, uh, was one of the originators of that CBS, you know, commissioner software and went on to do my fantasy league with Mike Hall. And, uh, and so, I mean, there was a lot of people and a lot of great, you know, you know, uh, I mean, we're, it was like, it was it was a lot of fun back then because you were you know some of us didn't get along totally you know frenemies as much as <laughs> right you know and i mean you know there was a, a healthy competition and uh, you know some people you know and i mean you know we all understood we were doing the same thing but there was a handful of us early on that that like you know kind of like 
it, we, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? You, you know, we would, we were all pushing each other. But my thought back in the day was definitely like, hey, the, you know, the more we look like an industry, the more we become an industry. You know, let's all, you know, let's all look a little better and let's, you know, let's fill the pool a little higher so we all float a little higher. And I think that was a good approach. But also had them, you know, started working with the magazines. Uh, Emil Cadillac, you know, started those in '89. And uh, so I started working with him regularly and right after 93, I was, you know, uh, we got together because he was selling me advertising because he saw I had a product. And, and so then I started doing more and more work for him until finally I worked, began working for him. Here's the, here's the, the ugly secret of Bob Harris. I'm not a good businessman. I'm good at a lot of things, but I don't do business, right? It's not my, not my strength, but Emil Cadillac is a super smart man who uh, is not only good at a lot of things, he's also good at business. And so you know, the magazines, we, you know, we were able to, you know, get a lot of people involved and, and uh, give them a platform and then build on that platform and, and, you know, kind of assimilate it and connect it to the websites and do things like that. So <clears throat> there were, there was, a, there was a lot going on back in the day and we were all kind of, you know, out there trying to push that envelope and, and do a little more. And it was, some of it was technology, some of it was the information and, like everyone kind of had their little areas of expertise and we all uh, we all kind of focused on it. But there was a good group of people back then who, you know, had a lot of vision and 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 put in a lot of sweat equity. I, I guess that would be the way people who are like, you know, I always say I'm too, you know, too stupid to quit. Right. I just, you know, I, I mean, I probably should have stopped doing this a thousand times in the early years. Like I was just like banging my head against the wall, but I'm just going, nope. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. And uh, even though I'm not the biggest thing ever, uh, fantasy, yeah. I wasn't wrong about fantasy. It's become such a huge thing that that it's, you know, you know, clearly I'm happy that it's gone where it is. And I wish I was a billionaire. But even if I'm not, I'm not doing horrible. And, and I'm pretty happy it's, you know, been a, a been a great, you know, run of doing this. So there's, you know, there's a lot to be said for it. So when did uh when did audio or video content come along for you? Like oh, when did you decide you. to start let doing shows, like radio shows? Because I'm not gonna lie to you, Bob, for the longest time football diehards like on my drive home has been, you know, just a staple of, of like I, mean, I know I'm off work. I know I'm gonna hear Bob Harris and Mike Dempsey. <laughs> like so, this is this is my thing. So I always you know, I was always keen on that. I did a little, you know, mostly the writing and the presentation and the you know, the websites and the creation of things. Well, I think in 1998-ish, uh, a technology came along called Real Audio. And uh, it was a way to record and present things. They called them webcasts back in the day. I think Mark Cuban was involved in the early version of this. And so um, I figured it out and uh, kind of figured some things out how to do it. And so uh, Greg Kellogg and I recorded in, I'd say it was 98, the first webcast uh, for fantasy football, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and, and it, and it was not easy to do, right. I, we, so how I had to do is I had to record my side, then record Greg's side. So I'm literally writing up scripts and conversations and we're doing it and I'm splicing it all together, putting little chintzy MIDI music underneath it and all kinds of sound effects and stuff and cobbled together a show. They're still floating around out there somewhere. I think I have some, some links to them somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that, we did a, we did a handful of those. They were like super labor intensive. I mean, I was like, uh, but but a ton of fun. And so that's kind of where you know the the original you know kind of like you know 
inspiration for me. I mean, I just, I love doing that part of it. I like, you know, like, I just like presenting information, right? I like getting a chance to do that. And it's a hell of a lot easier to talk than it is to write. Um, yes. And so uh, that's kind of, you know, the more of that direction I could take, the happier I was. And now, obviously, it's really easy. You got the Football Diehards YouTube channel. I go on there a couple hours every week. We've got the radio. I do still do the serious show, you know, during the season, five days a week. And so, so yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's the, the natural transition. And I think the video is the direction this whole thing is going. I mean, people, it's really easy for someone to do these short videos or, you know, consume five minutes. I, like, I feel like we went through a period with podcasts and things where, you know, the two to three hour podcast, you know, nobody wants to sit through that. And I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I want I, I like, I think you can sit through like a half hour or something. And, and so, or maybe an hour at the most or some portion of an hour. And so I try to limit things like that. I mean, our radio show is obviously longer, but I don't know if anyone listens for more than, you know, a half hour at a time. Uh, they tell you that there's a new audience every so many minutes. So whatever the case, I think that's the, you know, that to me is the the direction all of this is going. And uh, it's where I put a lot more of my attention, you know, in recent times is, you know, doing more video and, and audio content. The radio is going to continue on, but I want to do more video content. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's it's such a crazy ev evolution, hasn't it? From from where it started to now where totally. it is, right? It uh, at least back in the day, it felt like we we had just a few select sources of fantasy right. football information where you could yep. go get it, right? It's the the mainstays, and now you got content creators popping up all over the place. You got upstarts left and right, and it's such a widespread. When we go to the fantasy football expo, it's like the every year that we go back, it just seems like there's more and more. And more and I think more. it's fantastic too. I mean, it's like, yes, there's so many great people. I mean, I have an endless list of people to bring on my shows as guests, to bring on my live streams and talk with, to come on with you and uh, hundreds of others. I mean, it's just, it's an endless pool and, and, and not for nothing, there's a lot of talented people out there who jump in and start doing this and provide some really great content. Uh, so, so yeah, and I, and I, th I do think that, you know, that the presentation is, you know, gearing more or skewing more towards the video end of things. Cause I mean, it's, this is how people like to consume information. They're sitting there on their phone late at night, scrolling through, looking at things. I mean, that's the direction all this is going. So, uh, so I'm happy to follow that direction. It's uh, less work for me. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I can create, I think the thing is though, when you're doing it like that, you can actually create more content, right? I don't know if it's better content, but it's more. And I love more. <laughs> more is one of my favorite things. So, uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, I think th there's just the whole way this is going is has been like just uh, the most remarkable evolution. And I'm, I'm really liking the direction it's taken. I think uh, the the last episode I had on, I had a fizzle who's a who's a rapper, a musician, and I said one of the greatest things about content or musician now is now the technology is caught up where you nice. have that idea now you have the tools to actually yep. go put it into play right. Yep. Like for him, he doesn't have to go to a studio. Exactly. <laughs> anymore, right. Like you can get recording equipment. Same thing for doing content. I got something that I want to say. I can make a video, right? And exactly. And depending on how much you want to edit it or, you know, put graphics on it and spice it up or however you want to do it, you can make something fantastic, but you have that ability. I don't need to go find, you know, somebody right. who, who knows how to do video editing. I can learn on my own. <laughs> exactly. That's, and I mean, that's, it's funny because that's really how this whole thing started. It was a, you know, just a bunch of people said, we're going to do this. I think it's the same thing, but the technology has really been uh, an enabling factor. And you know, if you can spend a little time and like, it's not like it's incredibly complicated technology it's like technology right. that, that that the masses can 
you know, access and make use of and, and make good use of. Right. So so I think this is a fantastic, uh, you know, a fantastic development. Uh, and like I, you know, I I spend a lot of time. I'm not going to lie. I spend a lot of time with uh, with YouTube tied into my ear, you know, whether I'm like while I'm working, I'm listening to all kinds of people. I mean, there's tons of them out there just creating fantastic content. It's like you almost can't, you know, aside from my addiction to drum porn, which I watch an endless amount of uh, drum videos, I'm not going to lie. Um, but uh, mixing in a, a, a lot of fantasy football content because there is like tons of it. I mean, it's like it comes on. I, I'm like subscribe and get notifications for many, many channels. And I get many, many notifications. And I'm just sitting here working. I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to them. So, so now we have uh, fantasy football where it's evolved into so many different types, right? You know, it's redraft, best ball, you know, campus to Canton is now becoming a thing. Dynasty, keeper leagues. Bob, let me ask you, if I only told you you got one type that you could play for the rest of your, your time on this earth, like what, what are you going with? What, what would be your favorite or your ideal setup? <laughs> Uh, best ball has become my favorite because uh, because I can draft a thousand teams and not have to manage them. Uh, so like, you know, as I'm into this season and I've truly overextended myself on the managed leagues this year uh, and left myself at a disadvantage. And, there, you know, I do every year mostly. Right. Because, I mean, you just get asked to do a lot of things. Right. And I don't like to say no. Uh, but, you, you're you know, I, I, I generally tend to focus you know, put my focus on the leagues that matter most, King's Classics, probably in Jake's, you know, Sealy's League. And, I mean, there's some where I'm really more intensely focused, but even at that, I mean, it's a, it's a battle, you know, I'm doing the, the pregame shows on Sunday and, and so things are happening and I'm doing a show and I'm not really able to do a lot of changing around lineups and things like that. So, so I put myself at a disadvantage. None of that matters in best ball. I mean, you know, and like, you know, vanity moment, I, I would, I would tell you, and I'd probably be wrong that I draft fantastic teams, the best teams, nothing but. And uh, and uh, and and if it weren't for, you know, all I need is a little bit of good luck. And because I'm not like I'm not able, you know, my my schedule doesn't permit me to sit there and grind the waiver wire for 40 teams, right? Or 35 right. teams. And so I'm just not as good as that as other people and uh, other people crush me in that aspect. So that's the the best ball kind of cures all that, by the way. Uh, just an interesting side note, Emil Cadlick, whom I worked for, is the person who started best ball back in, I want to say, 98. Uh, we had a like an experts league, Fanex, where uh, uh, a bunch of us were in. Yeah. And and so and, and for the very reason that I'm saying that everyone was busy and didn't have the time to manage another league. So I said, hey, well, let's just do, let's just draft it and uh, and set it and forget it. And the, like your best lineup, you know, comes it. So, boom, now here we are. Best ball is a huge thing. And so the last couple of years I play way, way, way too much best ball, which there is no such thing because once, you know, it's just no, a matter of how many, how many drafts you can manage at a single time. So uh, that would be it. I mean, if it's like managed leagues, regular leagues, I've become very fond of uh, super deep IDP leagues, uh, uh, dynasty style. So that might be it. I, I could believe it. And uh, my favorite league that I'm in this year is we started a super deep dynasty best ball IDP league. And by super deep, Bob, I think there's 25 starters. There's like 12 on yep. offense, 13 on defense. Yep. We got like 75 roster spots. So yep, like... yep. I'm, in, I'm in one, uh, well, the, the football diehards dynasty league is that. It, it, I think we start 22, uh, but it's 50-man rosters. It's, I love 30, it. it's 32 teams. It's two 16-team divisions, two copies of every player. So 
Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty intense one. It's a ton of fun. Oh yeah. I think this one, uh, this one stole my heart when, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you remember, uh, Khalil Mack in this league, he scored 124 points or something like that. So <laughs> right. we, we juice the scoring. I think it's probably the great thing about <laughs> where fantasy football is now, like with sleeper and that kind of integration, I can go in and I customize I'll, it however the hell I want and set it up exactly how you want to play. I think it's really interesting. I, I'm a big fan of Sleeper. I mean, it's it's the one. It's a platform that allows me to make changes on the fly while I'm on the radio and things right. like that. So I feel like I'm a little like I I really appreciate leagues that are on there. Whereas you know, like my fantasy league, it's a couple screens in to, to adjust your lineup and right. multiple teams. You're you're struggling for that, or or same with most of the other ones. I mean, I think uh, I I want to just you know Yahoo's fairly easy to change with the app. Uh, there's some, but I mean Sleeper to me is like the one. Also, it sends me notifications when I'm starting someone I shouldn't. I appreciate that. Thank you, Sleeper. <laughs> yes. Um. So. So yeah. So, but generally speaking, uh, I think the uh, the just the 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 more I, I guess the thing that draws you to fantasy football is that that detailed, nuanced building of a team. And the deeper you go, and the more nuanced you get, the the more you you know the more you tap into that you know that desire, the thing that got us all playing in the first place. Did you ever venture out and try any of the other fantasy sports? I know there for a while nope. for me. I, I tried basketball once and I was horrible. <laughs> I tried baseball like one time. I was bad at that too. <laughs> my uh, my handle here on the X device and on all things is football diehard. Um, <laughs> we don't include any other balls. Don't do, don't, no, no other balls involved in any of my shenanigans at all. Um, I just, so once I got into football, once I was doing it, it became like a full-time job and, and the NFL to its great credit, uh, the bad, the amazing marketing minds, they have turned it into a 365 day a year reality show. It doesn't stop. And so, uh, it dominates my time. Like I've never been a big baseball or basketball fan. I mean, right. I'm just not I'm a football fan. I played football when I was a kid. I, and so, you know, I mean, football is what I feel connected to. So like, uh, all you baseball people, good for you. Hockey people, all right. Basketball, yay. Happy for you. Knock Happy yourselves out. You. Knock yourselves out. That's definitely probably what drew me to Dynasty is like Dynasty really makes, uh, you know, fantasy football 365. Right? Yeah, right. You Yeah, you get around rookie time and everybody gets crazy for the mm -hmm. NFL draft. And we're all worried about who's going to run fast because, you know, if a receiver doesn't hit this 40 time, you probably isn't going to matter. It's the best. It's totally the best. true. It is. That's, I mean, those are, you know, they, those, you know, the whole idea behind the, the fantasy sport is to give us as a fan, of, you know, of a sport, a greater connection that sport so the deeper that dive is the more satisfying it is you know the, the more satisfying the scratch of that itch is and and that's you know that's what dynasty you know the deeper the better so uh that's that's totally true and i didn't even start playing dynasty i kind of avoided it until i want to say 15 years last 15 years uh and uh and once i got in of course and then it a few years into that it was okay i'll try the idp dynasty and so or you know, got started dabbling at IDP. I, I wasn't a big fan of it at first, and then you know now, uh, it doesn't take long to draw you in. Right, right. Doesn't take long at all. So 
Bob, over this whole time, have you made maintained this uh, kind of like team agnostic approach, or did you do you find yourself where you got a team that you root for a little bit more, or being no, so uh, enthralled in the fantasy space, you just really want to see anybody do well so you can I, get I, fantasy I hate, points? I, I hate all the teams equally, and so <laughs> all, uh, of them. all of them, all thirty two, and I hated all twenty eight equally when there were twenty eight. So you know, it's just like. Uh, no, I, I so I grew up in Tucson and there was no team there, right? When I grew up, and a lot of people moved to Tucson from other places, and everyone had a team. I like, oh, I'm a Jets guy. Oh, I'm a Chiefs guy. Oh, right. I'm not any of those things, and so I kind of felt disassociated from that. My dad was a big Cowboys fan; he loved them. I never like, you know, that didn't rub off on me. Um, and so I just kind of liked the games, right? And and, and I, I liked not really having to be bound by a team. I didn't care what games were on. I liked watching them all, and and so. <clears throat> that's kind of how it started, uh, you know, being like team agnostic. But I mean, as, as you morphed into fantasy, the, you find out, well, that's really useful. It, I, having no rooting interest doesn't force me to either, you know, go all in on teams I'm not interested in or to avoid teams that I don't like or whatever. I, I can't play those guys because they'll be playing my team. OK, thank you. I'll play them. So, <clears throat> you know, that was, you know, so, yes, totally. Uh, totally team agnostic. I'm not, you know, I, you know, like if people ask me like what my favorite team is uh, any given week, it's like the least complicated team. It's like asking the dishwasher what his favorite dish is. The cleanest one. <laughs> That's a great analogy right there. I have a tough time because I've always been an Eagles fan and grew up there, but, but the same thing, I, I put that aside on Sunday. Like I want my Eagles to win, but you know, say we're playing the hated Cowboys. I still want, you know, CD lamb to go for 150 yards and three. Right. I, I think most, <laughs> Like to your credit, fan people out there, I think all of you have kind of, you know, figured that out. I still have a few friends who are really hardcore, you know, loyal (laughs) fans to their thing and they're lousy at fantasy because of it. But they know that and they live with it. But I think for the most part, people have worked their way around those kind of uh, uh, fan related issues with uh, with when it comes to fantasy, at least. Do you see any uh, any trends in the fantasy space like going forward? Like if you had to put a prediction on where the fantasy space is in 10 years, like 10 years from now, do you see anything coming about that, uh, you know, being around the industry so much like you are, it's got to be something, right? <laughs> well, I keep saying for the last like many, many years, I think I've been saying this, that, that at some point we're going to have, you know, actual in-game decision making where if somebody gets hurt, I can substitute in a player for that person when they get hurt in the game or when Bijan's not playing or. Right. whatever you know you could say oh i'm yanking him in the middle of the game and I, and I think we'll get to that point i think the technology is probably there i don't know if anyone everyone's put it all together yet to do the right thing but I, I would love to see that and i hope it's heading in that direction but beyond that i mean you know just making this making the game itself the hobby more more open to more and more people i mean i just i'm amazed at the people you know the number of people who are into it every year and the growing number of people and i mean the the widely divergent audience that's been attracted to it i mean i i i want to say it's like uh validation you know when i when i sat there early on thinking man everyone's gonna love this and and it turns out everyone who gets involved kind of does love it uh and so uh, you know i just I, I don't know if that's uh you know if there's a trend that draws them in or anything i just think it's just the basic game itself just that connection to something you love and everything else we've done is just kind of building off that. So uh, whatever trends are coming, I think they're going to be technology based. And I'm hoping that they are things that enable us to, you know, take things to another level in terms of our control over our team. Like 
you know, what's our control over team? We set a lineup or we're not out there blocking, tackling, wrapping ankles, calling plays, doing any right. things that have a direct impact, but being able to make decisions, you know, like, the whole, you know, part of the whole vibe is like, I'm smarter than those guys. I'm smarter, you know, not just your friends, but like the GMs who run actual teams and coaches who make actual decisions. I mean, in our minds, that's kind of, you know, part of the vibe we feel as fantasy managers. I'll show everyone. This is the closest we can maybe get. So whatever technologies enable us to take that to a further level and uh, new heights is going to be something that we're all interested in, right? I mean, it already is. I mean, we've seen it, you know, daily, you know, the the things that allow you to go in and do things like, you know, I thought that the arrival of daily was a great thing because it fixed everything that was wrong with season long, which is injuries, a bad draft, uh, whatever. You could just go in and start new every damn week. And, uh, you know, and, and Lord knows I do uh many many times over so uh so yeah th i think i think whatever whatever trends are coming are going to be technological based and i hope there are things that allow us more control and more you know more minute access to the thing you know to the decision making which is really what we get out of the game i love it bob love it bob all right well we'll get you out of here Tell the people where they can find you and then like, a, you know, just basics weekly, like kind of what's your schedule look like as far as content, where, where we can find you and uh, tune in, tap into the, the great Bob Harris. Yeah, I am on the X. They also call that Twitter. It's um, so weird to say that, ain't it? <laughs> it is. At Football Die Hard or, uh, and everywhere on the social media is at Football Die Hard, whatever you go. I don't do all of them, but I do. I'm, I am on the X. Um, and also on the YouTube channel, you can find me at the Football Die Hard's YouTube channel. Uh, twice a week, Saturdays uh, at noon for like an Ask Me Anything session. And I answer every question I get. Wednesday nights, I have great guests on uh, on the hot seat on my YouTube channel. And so we do that for an hour, a couple hours a week on the YouTube. And the radio show is Monday, Thursday, Friday, 10 p.m. to three hours on Monday, Thursday, then Saturday night. Those are on the uh, fantasy channel. On Saturday night, we do three hours. That's on originates from NFL radio, but it's simulcast on the fantasy channel. So that's 8 to 11. Then Sunday, I do the pregame show with Jeff Manns. Uh, that's uh, 11 to 1 p.m. And uh, and then on the website, Football Die Hard's website, we do tons of content there. Have a great staff of uh, people doing really good stuff with the DFS world and and waiver wire, all the topics that you're interested in. In addition uh, to an ongoing stream of news and information, I kind of handle that part of it. Um, and, uh, and I work in, a, you know, like, Kind of present the news in a way that gives you a lot of uh, additional information is the goal like uh, as the week goes on but you know kind of morphs over the week starts out with really focused on the injuries and what's going on in the minute by minute and then as we get closer to the weekend start working in some more 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 information that's a little useful in terms of matchups and things like that along with the injury so it's been uh it's it's a lot of content and uh and that's what i like I think the thing about fantasy people is, you know, you're, you're like, they're the, we tend to be the kind of people who sit in the bathroom reading the back of the shampoo bottle if there's nothing else, right? Because you just want information, right? You just, yes. you, you can't get enough information. And so that's the goal is to try and produce that level of information for people who can't get enough information. Football diehards. It's there. I love it. We have a we have a guy who writes for our site, uh, T Rock, the only writer we have because I refuse to write. And I tell him I read his article every single week, sitting on the can at work. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's dedicated time because <laughs> otherwise I would be reading a shampoo it's, bottle uh, or. It's funny, you know, like the magazines. People feel like you know, wow, you know, magazines are not great. They're they like they they're expired. They are, but also people still love to read them. 
you know, and when you can mix them in and kind of connect them to a website, so there's updated information 100%. available, you kind of take away the, the, uh, that, that time limiting factor. And you try to get articles that are a little more evergreen and strategy based. And yes, there's going to be information in there that's outdated by the time you get it. Absolutely. Also, there's a website. It's not going to be outdated. Go ahead. <laughs> Love it, Bob. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, stepping into the South Harmon Spotlight. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, you're one of the greatest in the entire space, and nobody can ever kind, tell Michael. me difference. <laughs> nobody kind. can tell me difference. Well, come say hello at the expo. Hundred percent. Right, don't man. don't get scared with this giant, you know, six six foot two two hundred ninety pound three hundred pound bearded man comes running. I'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, I'll have a smile on my face. Don't worry. <laughs> Appreciate you, Bob. Thanks, That's going to do it for us here at the South Harmon Spotlight for Episode 11. Appreciate everybody tapping in. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. See ya.